0: Powerful and intriguing tips and tricks for speakers by speakers. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast with your host, Robert Ferguson. Welcome to the Key 5 Podcast, for speakers by speakers. For show notes, go to key5podcast.com. Today, we're talking with Tim Moore, an accomplished author and speaker who provides keynote presentations that enlighten and entertain while helping organizations translate generational differences into sales opportunities. Let's get started. So, Tim, uh, tell us in one sentence, what do you speak about?
1: My keynotes uh, encompass anything that has to do with uh, generational differences in uh, basically North America. Concentrating focused on the United States, but so if you're thinking about how to sell to different generations or market to different generations or lead, manage, communicate, all those kind of things, um, we would be the one you would call. Uh, generational insights and my, you know, my part of it is Tim Moore is is focused on sales, but a lot of other things as well. So generational differences, I guess, would be the the one word sentence.
0: Okay. How did you end up in the business of being a speaker?
1: (laughs) (laughs) That is a great question because, uh, you know, I didn't plan on this at all. I never thought about it. It was never part of who I was going to be. Matter of fact, uh, I always thought that um, my life was about sales. But when I look backwards, it's 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 easy to see the trail that got me there because I was always a very curious student. Curious about other things, maybe than the, the teacher was teaching, but I always wanted to know the backstory. How did we get there? What, why did that happen? Those kind of things. Um, and as I got out of school, I went on and, and got a job as in corporate America with some very large companies, by the way. Uh, I was channeled into sales, which I did very well. As a matter of fact, I'd, I ended up being a national sales director hmm. at one of them. And And one of the things I always was curious about is why are people buying things from us? What's the reason for it? So all that I tell you this long story because uh, one day uh, I, saw, I was invited to a group, didn't want to be there, didn't care anything about being there, uh, just doing it as a personal favor. And the speaker happened to be this gentleman named Cam Marston, and Cam owns Generational Insights. Okay, and he was talking about managing managing people generationally. I thought it'd be great for sales. I thought this is a great understanding of how to sell to people generationally because you're building relationships. And one thing led to another. And one day he called me and asked me if I could uh, fill in for him. He was double booked on the same day. and couldn't be in, he couldn't be in Michigan and Florida at the same time. (laughs) And uh, I went to to Michigan and um, thought I did terrible. Actually, I thought, I know I did terrible, but he called me on the way to the airport after I had apologized profusely for doing terrible to him and said, they love you. I just got a call from them. They think you're great. And uh, from there we've worked together now about eight or nine years. We've, I've been on the speaking trail. So no, I didn't plan for it, but uh, I had some gifts that were given to me by God and um, I was always curious. So I'm always curious about where I'm going to speak. I do a lot of research and things like that. So it's helped me.
0: Fabulous well it's interesting how you <laughs> some people end up speaking somewhere by accident and then they like yourself they kind of fall into it that's really cool what what do you know now Tim that you wish you'd knew when you first got started in this
1: well I will tell you there are a couple of things and first off is uh, the the biggest thing I think that I wish I'd have realized at the very beginning was is that um, it's really at a meeting or anywhere I'm invited, a conference, a convention, wherever I'm speaking. And I've, I've spoken to some huge crowds. i um, you know, thousands and thousands of people um, at a time at these big conventions is it's not about me. These people didn't come to see me. They're there to be entertained by me or to be uh, in, enriched and you know, um, educated by me a little bit. Mm-hmm. Uh, they like to laugh. So uh, once you figure out this is not about you, it's about them and uh, you figure um, that this is an opportunity for you to share who you are and what you do and, and uh, they will respond if you've got their best interest at heart. And if you put yourself in their seat and, and your ears are listening to what you're saying, you'll know what to say. I will say there's one other thing that's really important I wish I'd have known. Mm-hmm. Don't run up the steps. It could be an accident waiting to happen.
0: I'm going to assume that happened to you. Oh, yeah. (laughs) (laughs)
1: Stride up there confidently, but don't run up the steps onto the (laughs)
0: stage. Good advice. Well, Tim, I've heard you speak. You're a great speaker, and and telling stories is important. How do you develop a a key story that you may use across multiple presentations?
1: Well, first off, I I think you have to be a good storyteller. Um, So if you're going to tell a story, uh, as my grandfather told me for decades as I was growing up, um, never let the truth get in the way of good story. There are always, <laughs> <laughs> always elements of truth in every story I tell. However, you've got to make this a rich story that people are sitting on the edge of their seat and want to hear. And that means you use, you need to use body, you know, motions and language and show things. And you have to be honest about your fears and your, um, uh, your weaknesses that you felt the way you felt and you describe those with your voice, of course, and you use modulation and those kind of things. But you develop a story that brings them in and allows them to sit in the seat you were sitting in and wonder what you would do next. And that's what I do is I, I try to tell stories and I've been told I'm a great storyteller. I don't know if that's true or not, but I do take time to develop a story, think it over very clearly and what the impact should be and learn to use good pauses, you know, to create anticipation of where we're going next and those kind of things. So I think about my stories very, very carefully. And I have three or four that you will hear in every presentation I, I give because uh, they, they are so powerful.
0: Mm. Well, and I appreciate you sharing that, that you may even use the same stories. How do you ensure your stories, your presentation as a whole may, is relevant as you move from one type of audience to another?
1: Well, first off, do your homework. You, you don't just walk into a place and give a speech as can that you give to everybody. Uh, every speech that I give is is painstakingly researched for the audience I'm delivering to. I can't give a speech for, a uh, in Nebraska for a company that's, that's, uh, you know, talking about agricultural products and services and things like that as I would for, um, a, a a lawyer's convention, those speeches won't work together. They, they don't have the same impact. Do your homework, understand the world they live in that your audience lives in, understand the kind of buzzwords, the way they would respond to something. Um, and, uh, it, it, you'll you'll know where to go once you once you've done your homework. You'll feel very clearly. You'll also know who to call and ask for more information because you'll be maybe stymied a little bit. But uh, you know, as as I go throughout the country, well, throughout North America, actually, if I uh, I I have completely different audiences, I might be speaking to a paint company one day, and uh, you know, some kind of financial planner the next day, and then. Um, somewhere with something to do with agriculture. The next, so those kind of things, you better do your homework. It, every good speaker spends probably five, six, seven times and hours before to deliver a, uh, a good speech. You're going to, you, even though you've done it, and you, but you better do your homework. You better know and understand exactly. Uh, who your audience is and what, what their pain points are so you can respond to that.
0: I appreciate you sharing those time elements, Tim, because I think for many speakers, even if you have a, a standard presentation, the same stories, the preparation that you're doing, it sounds like even if you're making one or in a couple in a row, being able to be prepared by practicing those uh, or, or building them, I should say, they may be different, it sounds like.
1: Yeah, they, they are different. And sometimes, um, e, e, let me just throw one little thing out there that, that really helps us well. And it can be at the last minute, but I always, I try very hard to get into the room where I'm going to be speaking early. And, uh, you know, if I'm speaking over lunch or I'm speaking over dinner or the afternoon, I, I go around the room during a break or while they're at lunch and I just sit at tables. They don't know who I am. I just talk to them and they, they, I, if they ask me directly i 'll tell them exactly who I am, but usually they just, we just have a conversation I ask them where they 're from how are they doing what 's going on they 'll ask me and i 'll give them some you know some generation some uh, general uh, answers but i don 't key into it, but when I stand on the stage, what really is funny is that um All of a sudden they go, that's the guy that was just sitting here a few minutes ago. (laughs) Um, So it it helps to uh, spend just a little time with the people you're going to be talking to because then you've got people that are pulling for you very hard to be successful.
0: I love the way that that's that's a a smart way to to get engaged with the people first before you get on stage. Thanks for sharing that. Um, Tim, I think as speakers, we're, we're in the business of adding value to others, but getting paid for it. Are there ever times that you would recommend to speakers they should speak for free? And if so, when and why?
1: Well, I think there's, there's different. There's, there's When would you do it as, as part of your offering? Mm-hmm. And the other part is uh, as part of your career. So when you're first starting out as a speaker um, and you want to refine your material and you want to be very comfortable with it, no problem speaking for free. Um, you're going to have to try to find those places that allow you to get up there and make mistakes. I do speak for free and there are here are the reasons I do it from time to time still to this day. Number one, if it's a really good cause and, uh, I, I have someone that, um, has reached out to me and has persuaded me that this is important for their group. Um, number two, I speak in front of groups that I think I can find paying customers in. Mm -hmm. Um, so if you've got a group of people who are, uh, industry, um, that, that I think my message is really good for, then, um, I will consider that. And, and there, there's one other time to speak free. And that is when you're testing new material, if I've got things I want to test, I have no conscience. If you've asked me to come speak to your rotary group (laughs) and I've got new material I want to test. I'm quite honest. Hey, listen, I'll come and do it, but I, I want you to know I'm trying new material and you're going to be my guinea pigs. That's the trade-off. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't speak for free very much anymore. It's just not something that I do a lot, but mm-hmm. when I do, those are the those are the areas I go to to help a cause, mm-hmm. uh, to find new customers, and to try out new
0: material. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, that context. That's a, a smart an assessment tool. As we wrap up here, Tim, any uh, secret tip or trick that you could share with our listeners?
1: Um, Let me just, yes, absolutely. I have all kinds of secret tips and tricks, but I'm going to finish up that last thought about speaking for free and say this, that uh, be careful in an area, especially if you're a local or regional speaker, that if you speak for free, um, you will degrade the price point that you feel you're worth. Because people will know that you you will speak for free. And um, okay. I would never travel distances to speak free. You would have to be a big personal favor for somebody that I highly respect to do that. Okay. So, th- those, those are things just to finish up that thought about speaking for free. Now, secret tricks or tips about speaking. Number one, um, don't be afraid to... Uh, to open up and talk about your personal and your 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 family, people really respond to that. They feel like they have a family and and their their personal life is similar to yours and they they will feel that uh, mm-hmm. other things are um, I think you should always wear i think if you 're not wearing a lovelier microphone you're really restricted to that podium it will encompass you and it will it'll chain you to that spot on the floor and you're not willing you're not able to to work the stage now be careful about walking and pacing on the stage but you should certainly work the whole stage and talk to all parts of the audience Uh, there you know once again do your homework those are really important things Um, I think it's important for you to go and listen to the speakers who are coming before you because then you can relate back to other things and it's a connector through the whole meeting. If, uh, if you're the third or fourth speaker in a group and they've mm-hmm. asked you to do that, then I sit and listen to two or three speakers that were talking before me. I always learn something anyway and I meet new people. But the bigger part of it is, is that I can tie a thread back to what they're talking about into my speech as well. And I can say, now you heard Joe talk about, let me explain why that's so important and these kind of things.
0: Hmm. I love that. I, I I think that's smart advice, and I appreciate you sharing that.
1: Yep. Hey, let me ask one last thing. Okay, is that um, when somebody hires you to go speak for them, they they didn't just hire you for the twenty or thirty or forty or seventy five minutes that you're going to actually be on the stage talking. They hired you for the day, and you will gladly, before you ever started speaking, you would gladly take that money and give them a day's worth of work. Get in there early. Stay late. Talk to people. They, you know, Sometimes you, you finish speaking and another speaker's coming right behind you. Stay around and make sure you have time. Don't be that guy that gets off the stage and runs right to the airport. Um, don't be that person that flies in and cuts it close. You know, you better be flying in the day before you speak the next day because airlines are unreliable. So <laughs> Those are the things that are really important here is that um, you give them more than they expected. Give them more than the other speakers that are on the stage around you give them. And you'll be rewarded for that.
0: I love that smart advice. Thank you, Tim. I really appreciate this. This has been great. And as we like to say to our listeners, we'll see you on the stage. Now, let's hear what Alan Hoffler has for us in our Millswick Minute. Today's speaking tip is about creating future content from audience feedback. A professional speaker, and most of us are, whether we acknowledge it or not, should always be researching. Everything from formal
1: speech feedback to casual conversations on the subway are opportunities for the speaker to expand their content. Perhaps the most important place to pay attention is right after giving a speech. Listen intently on the feedback and comments you get from your audience. While it feels great to hear, oh, I loved it, that's really terrible feedback and it's almost useless to the speaker. Probe further. always follow that comment with, what did you love about it? And the responses I get are great insight into the mind and heart of my audience. This information is golden when it's time to plan my next talk to a similar group. I'm Alan Hoffler, and this is your Millswick
0: Minute. Thanks, Alan. I also appreciate good insight. So if you, our listener, like this podcast, let me know why so I can be sure to add relevant value to you in future podcasts. Just send me an email to robert at yourlocalstudio.com. On our next Key5 Podcast, I'll be interviewing Vincent Ivan Phipps, who specializes in presentations and training that improves interpersonal communication and amplifies attitudes. I hope you can join us. To listen to all of our podcasts and learn more about our guests, go to key5podcast.com. That's K-E-Y and the number five, podcast.com. And be sure to download the speaking tips available there. So go to key5podcast.com today. Thanks for listening. This podcast was produced by your local studio. For more, go to key Hey, if you're still listening, thanks for sticking around. I have one quick request. If you like the show, it would mean a whole lot if you left a review over in the iTunes store. This actually helps others find the show. So thanks in advance, and I'll talk to you next time.